trying to play um, without any rehearsals. Which <laughs> <laughs> seemed like a really good idea <laughs> at that time. Um, and, uh, and so uh, we met as a company, um, the company that you will meet, Alex and I, we met uh, for the first time yesterday. We came together with our theme, um, terribly dark, 101, room 101, nightmarish theme, um, which we're slightly struggling to manifest because we're having too much fun. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, maybe it'll dive into the dark tonight, maybe not, you know, who knows? Because actually that, that is the key to this. We've, we've, kind of, we've come to the abyss and we've found that the best thing to do on the edge of the abyss is dance. So that's what tonight is really about, is dancing on the edge of the abyss. Dancing on the edge of the abyss. Well, I can't lie, that isn't what I thought I'd signed up for in February when I heard about a little drama workshop being run by one of our previous podcast guests and all around leading ladies, Ali Gray. Now, I'd read her idea of a so-called Lab 101, which was forcing us to think deeply about our worst nightmares or biggest fears and to form a little improv-style workshop around them, which was bad enough. But the second evening and final part of the two-day workshop was to perform what we uncovered or played with during day one to an audience of around about 30 or 40 people. What really happened, it was about 60 or 70 people that turned up and we were let out of the side stage curtain like rabbits caught in the headlights to face the unknown. In truth, this is not quite what I thought would happen. Day one for me felt extraordinary and reminded me of a brief six-month spell as a child when I went to stage school in Weybridge and led me to probably entertain the idea of getting involved in this whole charade in the first place. And I can't deny it was so much fun. We laughed a lot and that sense of childlike play that I'd felt had been lost along the way lately was back in full force as all 12 of us participants hit it off Big time. Anyone She's been wearing the same thing all day. Does anyone have spray deodorant? No. <clears throat> you got sweaty pits. Would you mind? Yeah. Thanks. Sweaty yes. pits? You? Not yet. Okay. No, I've had them all day. I think it's the smell of fear. <laughs> Excellent. How are you working with that? I am washing frequently and about to borrow some roll-on. Need a douche? Uh, yes. Would you? <laughs> How have you found? Uh, I'm actually recording this just just for a little <laughs> really? snippet in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Bex from the Fermentistas, how, how did you hear about this little episode and what made you jump in? Uh, heard about it through Alex. Um, she sent me a message and I jumped in because I am thirsty to be creative and on stage again. So I was just like, yep, yeah, great opportunity. Vamos a ver and challenge myself to, to do it. To dig deep. Dig deep, go there, get on stage, bear oneself and... Uh, in the face of all scrutiny. <laughs> How's it been so far? Amazing. Let's see when the audience are here. Rather shitting myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Very welcome. <laughs> douche me later. Oh, yes, baby. Thank you. <laughs> douche, douche on tap. <laughs> douche on tap. <laughs> douche on tap could be a new uh, summer be. website you for Ibiza. You wear that one well, well. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous laughter. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. I think you've been flourishing as the as the two days have unfolded, particularly today with the with the solos kind of like coming out was like probably my most nervous moment so far. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You seem to be very confident. I I do like a dramatic moment, Joe. Dramatic. <laughs> you? Thank you. Yes, I like drama. I like to cry. I like to let it all out. You yeah. know. Why yeah. not? Why not? I love the fact we're having this kind of conversation in the in the ladies' toilets. We are whilst I'm putting deodorant <laughs> under my arms. <laughs> and, oh yeah, everyone nervous, douching furiously while I'm douching my armpits. <laughs> How's everybody else's armpits? 
Now getting dry again. A little bit more perfume in it. It's Thank so good. you, my love. It was really wet earlier. <laughs> <laughs> a bit dribbling. Everybody's dribbling. <laughs> Down your sides. Down the sides. Now, as the moment drew closer, the lights were bright and the shits and giggles of backstage was beginning to simmer down. Uh, I went to find the other man involved in organising and creating this whole idea alongside Ali, Ben Dunwell, also a previous podcast host. Ben offered me some incredible words of comfort and support and then I went to find my other stage cohort, Dr. Douche. Sorry about that, I just uh, couldn't resist. I think it's kind of stuck with you now though. Look yeah, at you. I love it. Um, how are you finding this? Uh, which part? Being a douche or being no douche? <laughs> Both. Uh, I have to say, not having a douche is a big load off of my heart. But I do miss my douche a lot. And um, if, if you can help me find it, I'd love to find it one day. I've been just sort of putting it in a safe place, really. Yes, yes. So the thing about a douche is it's never really safe, you know? There's something very thorny about one's douche. Thorny douche? That sounds very dangerous. Yeah, thorny douche is very dangerous. Uh, <laughs> it's very limiting in terms of finding partners when you have a thorny douche. You've obviously never used one. No, 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 no. Uh, I've never used one, and... Um, but I am looking forward to it. And how about you? Do you how's your douche? I find them silky smooth on the whole. And uh, I'm slightly <laughs> concerned about your thorny addition into this uh, particular line of inquiry. Ah, thank you. Thank you. I knew you were. <laughs> it's the eyeliner that's done it. It's, yeah. it's almost like thorns coming out of the sides of your eyes. Yeah, let me, let me make sure it's acceptable. <laughs> it's amazing. It looks yeah. perfect. It's acceptable. <laughs> But why am I wearing eyeliner? Yeah, I hope so. I hope they don't fall asleep. What will we do then? That really is our worst nightmare, isn't it? Laugh at them. Nodding off, audience members. We can just laugh at them if they nod off. My worst nightmare is not knowing what to say, and that happens to me a lot, so... Are you in the right place, then? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not normal for a shaman. <laughs> no, I can do the hey ya, hey ya, hey that's perfect. But then having to say something, like, for real... Real inner guru revealing itself. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's all fake, so it cannot. <laughs> Please say that. This roll on is doing the rounds. Rolling onto many armpits. Ooh, lovely. The joy. What a beautiful wear. Anyone's anyone got a bit of uh, C word under there? Want some? Want some? Salty? Thanks, ladies. To the toilet again. Okay, you go again. Really That one for me. I've got to see Dr. Douche. Enjoy yourself in there. Douche me up, buttercup. Hello there, how are you today? How do you the receptionist. Um, I'm looking for him furiously. Oh my goodness me. He see, he, you seek him here, you seek him there, Joe. Where is he? I don't know. I just, I'm sure he's is around here somewhere. You everyone, is that right? That's why we're in the toilets. I know. Well, last I heard, he was hiding from you. <laughs> <laughs> is this pantomime or is this Lab 101? I don't know. Let me, just let me slap my fine, I tell you. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Just look behind you. <laughs> There he is, there he is. I knew he was coming there somewhere. <laughs> How have you been finding this experience? Interesting, Joe. Actually, really interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been loving everything you've been doing thus Thank far. You. Thank you very much. And ditto, may I add. Ditto. A lot of creativity, but a there lot of silliness. A lot of lovely backstabbing and all that, yes. <laughs> this is not backstabbing. No, we don't want that. No, we definitely, say. definitely don't. No. Yeah, it's been fabulous. Are oh, you documenting this for your uh, marvelous, amazing? Mm. Yes, yeah, been a lot of fun. Nice people to meet. Mm. So yes, it's been great. A lot of giggles along the way. Fabulous. Much needed. We need giggles in today's world. Nothing wrong with a giggle. Mm. How are you feeling about tonight's big soiree? A little nervous, you know. I've got to go deep within Joe. I've got to find my in a core with it. Mm. I'm going to go into my method style of acting, you know, Elaine's method. Um, How would you describe that? Unique, actually. <laughs> one off. One of a kind, even. Elaine's. Yeah, I'm going into that and uh, hopefully, um, you know, I'll be able to bring out uh, an Oscar-winning performance. Mm. Emmy, mm. you know, BAFTA, you name it. Is that all? Yeah. Uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Palm Door, even Golden Globe, Golden Globe even, and uh, Oscar uh, Sun, Sundance as well. Because uh, uh, I'm quite independent. 
Mm. So there you go. You are very independent. I am. Very unique. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Alex, there she is. Podcast interview. Can I take while I'm peeing? No, you really are. This we really are, or not? Is this rehearsal? I'm very serious. Oh my goodness! You actually recording? Just so she will not. Will you get the? She will not fucking edit unless you say fucking fucking bullshit bullshit bullshit. She will not edit it out. Yeah. And can you get the echo out that we're in the toilet? No, but I've, I've already set the scene. We are in the toilet, and many people are going to the toilet furiously. Toilet. It's gathering pain. Live theatre. It's number one or number two. Twenty-four hours. Never before, when people go into the toilet in Ibiza, it normally means something completely different. It does. But I'm, I'm genuinely going to pee. Okay. I'm genuinely going to pee. I'm going to leave you, ladies, in peace, and I'll catch you shortly. Okay. Love you. Break a leg, baby. Thank you. Um, Dr. Douche, um, yeah. just a little quick word for the Reset Rebel podcast. How have need? you been finding this experience thus far? Still looking what I'm looking. Still looking. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you? I, I, I might be. Have you got a problem with that, Mr. Dunwell? Times are hard. <laughs> it's like working with the Grim Reaper. I mean, you know. <laughs> Oh, wow. a little bit more for the bag. <laughs> <laughs> wow, am I, just because I'm dressed in black, I mean... I, I love it, it's a great look. I think it's going to be very exciting tonight and I'm looking forward to it enormously. Mm. What, do you, what do you think the uh, audience are going to make of uh, tonight's proceedings? Uh, I haven't a clue, really, because I don't know how many of them will have seen something like this before. It, it's not often done on mm. this island, as far as I know. Um, so, I don't know, I'm sure they'll be lovely. The Ibiza audiences are very generous. Mm. Yeah. Are they? They, they have really that in are. writing. Yeah, no, absolutely. The only thing that is slightly confusing me is that normally they like to bring a lot of dogs, I've noticed, to be through audiences, and I don't think we've got provision for, <laughs> for the dogs. But hey, I mean, we'll bring the dogs and we'll work it out when they get here. That's, that's the plan. How would you describe the atmosphere backstage with all these amateur people? Oh, they're not amateur people. They're, they're, they're real people. They're professional people. I'm just talking about myself. No, 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 but you're a real... You're, you've been a person for a long time. You know, you've had a lot of you practice of being a person. <laughs> <laughs> you old human. I wouldn't say that you're still trying this out. I think you've got it, you know. So, yeah. I very think everyone's, kind. Everyone's, everyone seems very excited. And, uh, and so they should be. Yeah. And Is there any just... booze being sunk? I, it doesn't seem to be. It seems that everyone's being very restrained so far, which is, uh, which is good news, I think, because uh, that's quite important, I think, that the audience do the drinking and the performers do the work. That's mm. very important. Any tips for last-minute sort of nerves? Just keep on breathing. Breathing is the way uh, to relax yourself down um, and sit down as well. Sometimes we just keep on moving because we're anxious and we just keep on sort of you know, jittering ourselves around. So if you can find a nice comfy chair, just sit in it and breathe for five minutes mm. and you will feel much better. That's my Thank tip. you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that applies to most things in life. Well, wise words there from Mr. Dunwell. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Anytime. <laughs> Well, um, I'm in the car. <laughs> I'm just leaving um, the performance, and I thought I'd just record this, even though I really don't feel like it. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that was so much worse than I expected it to be. I feel like every nightmare that I came to room 101 with actually basically came to full fruition which is kind of ironic really um as I explained my fear of freezing and having absolutely nothing to say and nowhere to go um is pretty much exactly what happened um just going over some potholes on the way back to San Miguel as you can probably hear from the the bumps and lumps of this very rocky road which is kind of where I feel I've just come from because yeah, I just literally dried up in front of about 50 or 60 people. In fact, including those people on stage, it was more like 70. Woohoo! Um, yeah, I don't know. I went into my little line about uh, coming to see Dr. Douche, who was my gynecologist, who then sat me down on a chair and asked me what the problem was. And what I had in my head was to say that my lips were slightly pursed and I was having trouble getting my words out and experiencing a few blockages. That was my plan, which never actually came out of my mouth because in the moment I overthunk it and I realised to say the words lips in the context of my vagina 
felt deeply inappropriate when 60 pairs of eyes were actually staring at me and I couldn't quite say what I wanted to say. Not only that, but I was completely shaking like a leaf and I just really genuinely, as everybody then piled onto the stage and sat at my feet, uh, demanding that I say something, anything, something funny, something interesting, something refreshing, um, that I really had nothing nothing interesting to say and despite the kind of supported energy of the cast and crew for the last like 24 hours in that moment I don't know I just really didn't know how to get out of it and it was like I felt like I just wanted the ground to open up and swallow me and to sink very very deeply indeed down a black vortex of shame and embarrassment and death um I know that sounds dramatic but that's how it felt for me and I couldn't really work myself up into the point where I kind of wanted to go back on stage after that and yeah I did of course I did have a few little moments but mostly I basically sat down and processed what had just happened and felt myself rolling down a very steep hill into the world of like oh my god I just made a complete fool of myself so in a nutshell fears faced absolute worst nightmare unfolded um I didn't feel that it went as well or as well or as funny as the previous little improvs that we've been doing for the past couple of days um but Ben Dunwell, I'm going to have to say, came over to me when I think he saw that I really had lost my shit after it all ended and really seriously was the kindest person in the world and very gallantly and kindly tried to pop me back on my perch. And for that, I will be absolutely forever grateful. Um, and of course, to the absolutely amazing um, Alex Gray, who dreamt up this entire concept in the first instance, of course, my natural reaction would be to kind of want to kill her around about now. <laughs> but I'm not. I don't feel like that. I just feel really, really grateful that I've literally just sat on a stage in front of 70 people, dried up, faced basically my absolute worst nightmare, head on, like a, an, a freight train steaming towards my face. And uh, it was just... It was just uncomfortable. It was just deeply painful in fact Ben described it rather well he said it was agonizing so yeah but he did also say that the bell didn't get sounded to direct the scene to move on which means that he actually <laughs> dragged my agony out and eked it out until I actually said the words what everybody was asking me to say was to describe that moment and what was the problem and the blockage that I was experiencing, which was just this expectation. And I, and I think that kind of actually sums up a lot of the things that I was going there with. I feel like I play a role a lot of the time in my work and my job of like being kind of like the entertaining one, the one who's got lots of things that are witty and hilarious to say. And deep down in my heart, it's not always the person I necessarily, depending on what mood I'm in, that I actually want to be. And often I do just go to these kinds of interviews. If I'm really honest, going to an interview sometimes when you just want the ground to open up and swallow you, um, it's really tough to pull things out of the bag. And in that moment, I didn't pull it out of the bag. And actually, perhaps I was the most authentic version of myself because I didn't really say that much. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than that. It didn't go how I expected it to go. But again, that's more expectation. And there you are. Expect the unexpected and you shall not be disappointed. A massive, massive thank you to Alex and to Ben. Um, Alex we're going to be speaking to very, very shortly. This is definitely my closing piece of my diary. I thought I might have a little cry on here, but <laughs> I already had one of those um, when I slunk off stage and through the curtains. And, um, you know, if you really want to find your feet and your confidence and your joy and your playfulness and silliness and ridiculousness and, yeah, dive into the unknown even more than we have been recently, then this is definitely something that you should definitely experience um 
I'm sure in a few days from now I'll feel like a different woman, but at the moment I'm very much forward, looking forward to going home and um, closing the curtains and drawing down the shutters and becoming a hermit for a few days. Thank you so much for listening. And the other thing I will add is this is day 31 of dry January and I did not cave. I was offered wine so many times tonight, both before, during and after the performance. And I said no, because I am not deviating from my path right now, which, you know, is at least something to be proud of. I'm still completely sober. And to do that sober is kind of all I need. If I can do that, I can do anything. So thank you again. And next up, I think we're going to have a little chat to Alex Gray. So I'm here with the Master of Ceremonies, Miss Alex Gray. Hello. Oh God, now that's scary. This is like, I've got this furry muffin in in my face and I'm feeling my own little stage fright here, but I'm going to look out to the sea, so I'm... I'm not overwhelmed. <laughs> well, I think it's definitely your turn to be um, terrified. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I can understand that for sure. Wow, what a, what a trip we've all just been on post, post lab. Definitely, I um, couldn't agree more. I feel like, yeah, it was um, an amazing ride and a roller coaster of emotions and feelings and unexpected events I think and um, something that I never really even dreamed of getting involved in in the first place I think first and foremost like a massive thank you for actually providing the space for that to even happen because it was magical even though it feels like a big fat blur of kind of yeah black holiness and excitement and fear and terror and brilliance but it was um it was just so unique yeah you know it was kind of one of those um crazy ideas that I tend to have on a regular basis and sort of some of them end up coming into fruition and most of them just end up like strange little files on my on my desktop or scribbled on a notepad somewhere or a napkin from a restaurant and you know that we try to do some we've tried to do a lot of stuff here and we have done a lot of stuff here and there's you know we're we're really proud of that and the 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 culture that we're kind of creating um you know for theatre um, and then just with the recent years and things being so tricksy to be able to kind of get things off the ground, get people together, uh, you know, be able to actually like legally, whatever that means, gather, meant that things just kept getting kiboshed. And and so I just thought, okay, let's do a play in 24 hours. And so Ben Dunwell, my, my wonderful, you know, uh, partner in theatrical crime I was like you know I've got this idea and I know he'd done sort of various like community you know projects where they'd done pieces of theatre like literally in one day and I was like "Mm, this is slightly different because I want to gather everybody um, decide in the moment create in the moment improvise devise and then we're just going to have an audience come the next night and they're going to perform it and within that precinct within that structure hopefully we're going to make a play and um, and then Ben tends to do sort of like always like put his hand in his head and shake and just like, oh, God, what is she trying to do? And I thought, hmm, he didn't quite do that this time. So maybe we're on to something. So we invited uh, 12 people, 12 participants, yourself being one of those. And... And, you know, people, you signed up. You signed up to this thing that we created, which was this Room 101 theme, which was inviting us to sort of theatrically explore, like, basically our worst nightmares, fears and phobias. And um, you, you sort of signed up to show up to explore that. And then we sort of invited an audience to come and, to come and see. Um, and the most magical part of that is that everybody that signed up didn't really know what they were signing up for, except that something was going to happen on stage to an audience the next night. And this audience kind of committed to coming and they also didn't really know what they were coming to. And um, and everybody came out of the woods and everybody was there supporting and had the best night ever. And I think that that's testament to this wonderful like rabbit hole that we all jumped into together it was so enriching for us and you know not only you know for myself and and holding space for that and to witness you guys um 
create something that was so wonderful, but also just to kind of just to kind of say we can do this. We can not know each other, or some of us do, some of us don't. We can commit to all holding hands. Let's jump off that cliff and see see if we survive. And um, it was 24 hours, and it felt like I don't know a whole month of being together and. Yeah, I really enjoy that process of getting to know people uh, uh, in in a way that is unusual. Um, and there we had, and you know, and, the, and then there we had it. We had a a performance, and it was thrilling, and everyone loved it. <laughs> I think <laughs> you loved it. <laughs> you loved it, and yeah, from what I could see from behind the the lens of extreme terror in my own personal experience. <laughs> There, there was, yeah, there was a lot of very um, excited members of the audience who definitely enjoyed the experience, as I would have done had I been sitting down <laughs> watching the spectacle unfold of the unexpected. And I think, you know, I feel I'm really glad I did it. I definitely have no regrets at all. But I, you know, my absolute worst nightmare was, you know, exactly what happened, really. I sat down in a chair centre stage and everyone gathered around me and gazed up at me expectantly and I had... <laughs> and it was bad it it really was I've never squirmed as deeply or felt as uncomfortable I probably have at some point in my life but you know that's the the, the closest recollection I have in my near distant memory and I I feel physically shaky and sick every time I even think about it but it the that's how you feel but that's not what actually happened and the you know the beauty of this process is that it allows us to dig deep um and be and be human and 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 that's what people came out to witness. You know, it, it's very easy to you know to 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 perform something that's contrived and disingenuous in some way, and of course, ne- nevertheless, entertaining. But yeah, to, to to come out and witness another human um, in an experience um, in something that is, uh, you know, maybe excruciating, maybe joyful, maybe painstakingly, you know, terrifying for them, but. To witness that gives it, it, it creates such a resonance and such a connection with those that are that those are coming to watch and and that's what we I think that's what we sort of want to create is is not necessarily you know to like churn out plays that are you know people learning lines and standing up up there and doing things but to kind of create a way of storytelling that inspires maybe just one person to move differently or think differently in their life and the beauty of the whole the whole night the whole process from start to finish aside from it being hilarious wait can I swear Mm -hmm. oh aside from it being fucking hilarious and you know and and bloody exciting it was just it was just that afterwards seeing everybody say I want to do that what they just did I want to do that and to see those sort of processes unfold, uh, you know, within each individual, to then see them stand up there and inspire others, um, I just feel, I know, that's the value, that's the gift. And that kind of made me realise, like, why I ended up doing this crazy harebrained thing that at some points I thought, what the hell am I doing? You know, myself, I have my own fears. I was like, I don't know... I can't, I can't control this one, you know, because I don't know what's going to happen. Um, and that was a massive lesson for me, you know, being, you know, as a, a, a self, self-diagnosed uh, control freak. I was like, well, well, how can I control this? Or how can I make this or anticipate this to be something when the whole, the whole idea behind um, the project is to just be totally suspended in the moment and just to trust that what comes through is what is meant and to allow that creativity to be so raw and so free. Um, so it was a massive, it was a huge lesson for me, but it, it just, yeah, so I didn't really know why I was doing it. I was like, what am I, why am I doing this? Like, what is going to happen and why is this going to happen? And then at the end, you know, when you see everybody um, after the performance, both the people that took part and the audience, and they give you your their feedback and then you realize okay that's why that's that's why we had to do this and it's in it's important not for our you know not for you know not for our own culture but just also for our own healing as as a community to be able to give us space and freedom to tell the truth actually uh, and to try out some some fun and funky ideas 
Why did you choose the theme of our worst phobias, fears and nightmares? Because for me, you know, really going in there with that idea and feeling into the space of like, well, what would be my worst nightmare and realising being frozen in front of a big group of people or on stage publicly, which has, you know, plagued me for, for, for years, I think. It's always like, you know, having been someone that is basically me, myself and I and a muff in front of my face, like we are now. <laughs> well, they're always difficult to find is. and very dusty. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not my comfort zone. It's like the worst actual possible scenario. And I feel like that was a very interesting theme that you chose to, for us to explore. Yeah, I, I, I sort of did ponder that myself. And maybe I thought, mm, is, it, is, it a, is it my sadistic nature at play? Or, or like, why would I do that? It's not that light, is it? But especially when I, you know, want things to be, to be humorous. Um, I just feel it was important. Um, it was important to ask ourselves, ourselves those questions. Um, not to necessarily find the answer, but just to be able to live that question of like, well, actually, what am I shit scared of? What What is my phobia? The, what are my nightmares? And the interesting thing is, is everything that we came into the room with in the beginning, um, as, as it unraveled itself, what it revealed was um, actually, well, actually, no, I'm not, that's not my thing. You know, it, it, there was some sort of healing that took place because a deeper layer was revealed um, and it shone a light in a new corner of someone's heart. And, um, and so this thing that they'd been holding on to, this phobia of, I don't know, abandonment or, or separation uh, or, or rejection, you know, some of my favourite my favorite themes, um, actually was like, oh, I don't think it is that. I think I've done that work or somehow through doing this work, this theatrical work, something has integrated that has now now allowed me to to sort of access another part of my heart that I want to reveal, um, and whether that's that showing somebody that the the level of the depth of creativity that lies within them is really all they needed to kind of pull themselves out of any rabbit hole or any room one hundred one or any fear or any phobia, and just to actually say it's not real anyway. None of this is is that real. Um, and to play with it and to have fun with it. And the more you play and have fun with your fears and your phobias and your nightmares and your terrors, the more you realize that all those things that mattered so so intensely don't matter anymore. It's a bit like a full cycle journey. It's like, oh my God, I'm so fixated. This matters, this matters, this matters. And then you play with it. You get creative with it. And then you're like, I don't actually, do I even give a shit <laughs> about that anymore? And so I guess that was the sort of rough idea behind it um who knows what we'll choose next <laughs> maybe something lighter <laughs> but I think as you just explained I mean you know my impetus for doing this to be honest was actually a conversation I had with Ben a couple of episodes ago where he said he went to clown school and after that he was bulletproof those were his words off off mic when we were standing in the hallway afterwards and I thought right that's what I need in my life I need to be bulletproof I need to feel extremely confident which is something I've been struggling with recently and I feel like actually throwing myself into my absolute worst nightmare could well be the cure for yeah a little bit of anxiety I've Your been feeling nightmare. in the night well it, well it was my <laughs> exactly exactly my worst nightmare but I feel like those words were what propelled me to just see it through and not bail which obviously was incredibly tempting but actually I had so 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 much fun like the whole process was incredible I've never laughed so much I've never had such a a giggle with that particular group of people who were all people more or less that I knew anyway actually which was lovely and it was great to spend time in them in such a an unusual setting and to get so intimate so quickly and get to know people through them revealing the most intimate parts of themselves so I feel like it was very very special but um yeah it was just greatly greatly amusing <laughs> Ben Dunwell bulletproof he needs to there needs to be a disclaimer with that statement I think no actually he's com he's completely right like the the minute that you get to a phase of your life where you think that you can't you just can't do that thing anymore or you just can't run that extra mile or you just can't take it when you have an experience that's ingrained in your fiber the you know the fiber of your being to such an extent that theater can do that 
then you can just recall that. And you're like, actually, I did that the crazy ass thing in 24 hours, the thing that terrified me the most. And I did that and I'm still alive. So you know what? I'm going to run the extra mile. I'm going to continue with this thing that I'm running out of steam for. Just gives you doing something as scary as what we did last week. I think just you wake up the next day and you have like a new skin, a new layer of an emotional intelligence and creative intelligence um, that you can access for the rest of your life, you know, and it will not be the last crazy thing you have done. You will do, Joe Yule. I, I think you, I think, um, I think maybe it can create a bit of a thirst in some way and it'd be interesting to see like when the dust settles, like, hmm, which, which cliff will I throw myself off next? I'm not feeling that thirsty right now, I've got to say. I feel like the Sahara Desert has been uh, recreated in my own mouth and I shall stay there until the mirage reappears in the distance. And, you know, I know that you're going to be the catalyst for, for something else that's completely terrifying, but I feel like, you know, just to come full circle with this, what's your worst nightmare? Tell us, because I feel like we need to, we need to go there, seeing as I, I went there with you. Oh, gosh. Well, I have a lot of anxieties um I have like a year's worth (laughs) years and years worth of journals supporting that um and none of them are really I I don't know it's it's tricky because actually you know I have a daily worst nightmare and and fear and phobia and um which is actually quite superficial and I really but judge myself quite harshly. I was like, okay, so what's my my worst nightmare? And I was like, I really don't know what to wear. When I don't know what to wear, uh, that kind of creates an anxiety in me that I, it means I can't really get on with my day. And um, and then I think, well, that's incredibly superficial. You shouldn't give a shit what you wear. But actually, when I started to explore this theme a little bit more, I thought it's because there is such an, att- an attachment that I've created with my, in myself from conditioning, which is like, I need an identity. Like, God forbid I go out there naked and people see that I just might be normal or boring or just a bit bland or vanilla. And so how can I attach myself to some sort of identity that makes me maybe a little bit more interesting in some way? And I think, some, so, so, so I played with that a bit and I and it all comes kind of down to the same thing, which is, not being good enough, uh, not being recognized or not being seen or just, yeah, not being, uh, or uh, being rejected. Being rejected is not being good enough to be part of this world, I think, is my bigger fear, is, is my biggest, deepest fear, as I think it might be for, for all of us in some way. And then, I guess, how do I remedy that? You know, because it is ego, existential stuff. I think, okay what can I give like what what makes me feel better and actually just to kind of always bring things back to a place of compassion and love in some way for myself and those around me slowly dissolves away you know uh the excruciating pain of being a human uh basically you know that that I think is is it if that is a linear answer, which I don't think it is, but you know. I didn't want a linear answer and I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to get one, let's be honest, around here. But I feel like, you know, what was what was a moment when you in the past have been in the situation that we were? I mean, doing improv, I've never done. I've, I used to watch, I was a big fan in my childhood of watching Whose Line Is It Anyway that my dad used to make me watch on a Wednesday night when I used to go around there and stay with him. And I loved it. And in my head, I was like, oh, it's going to be just like that. And it clearly, you know, didn't didn't really play out in quite the same way. At moments it did. And there was one amazing guy called AJ from New York who I just think needs to be doing that like as a, on a professional <laughs> yeah. basis. But, you know, it was, has there been a moment where you have obviously been kind of feeling these similar feeling, feelings of anxiety and, and pushing, pushing beyond and getting up on stage or showing up in some capacity like that? Yes. So I, I think like my worst moment you know what it never gets easier it 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 actually doesn't change and you think that it will with more experience or the more work that you do on refining your skills and the more confidence that you create within your your talent uh, or the better lighting that you have or the better costume or it 
It's none of it matters. It's the same process you go through each time of just feeling absolutely terrified and wondering how am I doing this again when I did it before and it terrified me and made me sit, you know vomit in my mouth and now I'm going to do it again. And and I've had so many moments like that. In fact, every single performing moment has been like that. I think my if I were to say what were my low moments as opposed to my terrifying moments with performance i think it was when you know i was in 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 drama school and we were we were we had to do four hours of singing every single week and i was like i don't do musical theater you know i don't i don't do that i'm not a singer and but for some reason they made what they call straight actors they call like musical theater is gay acting which is not true by the way and um and and this is what the, the, it was sort of the connotation that was given in school and then you would have, you know, theater, you, classical acting was, didn't have music or singing, but they made us sing. And I just hated it because I couldn't sing. I wasn't a natural singer and everybody else was. And we had to stand up in front of the class and sing. And it was just terrifying each time to the point that I just couldn't, well, I think in one of my assessments, I couldn't do it. I just, I literally could not even do it badly because I couldn't do it good, in a good way, and I couldn't be the singer that I wanted to be, I hid away and I, and I, I just seized up and I paralyzed and I couldn't do anything. And that, I feel, was a low moment for me because I was attached to being good. And once you do that, then you just deny yourself like any kind of enriching experience. Like The point is, you get up there and you do it with no attachment. It's not about being good. It's just about being truthful and, again, allowing yourself to be a human. Um, so that was was definitely like a. Uh, uh, I learned a lot from that, and I think that when I left and I sort of started working a bit, I remembered like it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if this is good. This is this is important work. Like no matter how big, no matter how how small. This is a professional creative quest that we are all on together, whoever you're working with in your company, um, and and making, making that the bigger thing, the thing that is bigger than me or me needing to be good or me needing to kind of massage my anxiety. It's like you're doing it for someone else. Go out there and do it for someone else and just trust that you can hold this moment and be in it. And, um, and yeah, and that's terrifying, especially when you're relying on somebody else to say the lines of a script that you've been rehearsing for three months and you know that you're going to step on stage with that person and they just might ad-lib the whole thing and you have to be prepared for that so and I've been in that situation and it's terrifying but I did it and it was okay and no one died and people had a nice time um, so I guess that's given me my bulletproof vest, you know, is just trusting that even when things are falling apart, um, I can still stand up there and be present. I feel like, you know, obviously I've done a lot of live radio in the past and I kind of just felt like, well, if I can do that, surely it's kind of similar, but it's not the same as reporting on and, and a factual account of something that's actually unfolding in front of your eyes or filling with facts that are already in your mind before... I don't know, the next news um, presenter comes on and, and talking about something that's actually happening, whereas this is a fictitious world of, like, anything can happen and, you you know, you're kind of trying to be sort of potentially a little bit funny. Yeah, the, the desire to be funny, I think, is, um, is kind of rife um, in those situations. I, yeah, I think we... I mean, it's, isn't, it, isn't it wonderful to make someone laugh? That, if I... I mean, I can see how you know comedians get quite attached to that like the, the the buzz and the adrenaline you get from knowing that you've made a, a, a group of people you know burst out uh, in laughter is quite an adrenaline rush actually and I think that that's why we try to always hit those high night high notes um but I don't think I don't think it's always so necessary I think people really enjoy and appreciate um just the irony they're, they're experiencing their own inner irony as they watch something that could be relatively subtle reflect back to them their own little ironic stories which then obviously generates you know a humorous a humorous 
uh, a humorous memory or a humorous response to what is going on. So, um, shit, now I totally like forgot where we are. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> not enough caffeine this morning, Alex Gray. I'm just like, wait, where am I funny? Should I be funny now? What? Where am I? I'm now on stage with the with with this muff in front of me, with Joe and her muff. That's where I am. Bring myself back into the room. This is live. This is pre-recorded, live recorded. I'm actually, I'm actually not going to edit this just to oh pay you God. back. No. Wait, how can I get this into edit if I say something really non-PC? Hmm. No, I won't do that. No, it's just, you know what? I, it's funny. We, we get comfortable in our roles. Like we you know for for you this is this is your world you know your headphones and your muff and your radio and your voice and I mean you, the way that you can just pour pour allow things to pour out of you and effortlessly into your interviews and and and, and the intelligence that you bring to your questions and the way that you speak to people I mean I listen to you and we've worked together before it's like I could not do that actually um I thought this is this is you know quite anxiety producing for me but I think that's why it's important to try new things and that's why it's important to to say okay like Joe Yule you step on that stage you tread those boards and you become a thespian for 24 hours and you know everybody took themselves out of their comfort zone in that experience for me I thought I was doing myself a bit of a favor by going oh, just hold space and I'm not going to perform and it, I still felt really 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 sick <laughs> before you know it, it I just didn't you know I didn't whatever we were doing we were in it together and even though I wasn't stepping on stage that night I still was like oh my god this is excruciating because we were all just in this like beautiful matrix together creating something together we didn't know what it was but people were coming to watch it so we, we had to we had to make something happen um so yeah, so I think <sighs> no pressure. Oh, she's just she's just putting me in my place. I know what you're doing. How am I gonna? You know I've got ADD. I can't hold a moment for too long. Let me think. Yoga. Can we talk about that? What did we eat this morning for breakfast? Wait, what am I going to wear? No, I'm. Do you know what? I just want to say a massive thank you to all of those people that you know that 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 trusted that trusted us and also to you guys who took part that trusted you know Ben and I um in in some way and that you turned up and you showed up because we have every excuse under the sun right now to to not show up to things you know we have a little <coughs> cough and a sniff or, or whatever or it's so easy to not show up for others and for ourselves and so I was I was blown away at the level of support and commitment that came from every single person in that room. And that excites me, is that we have on this island beautiful, wonderful, creative people that are committed and supportive and loving and show up endlessly with their raw material. And they want more. They are thirsty. There's like these creative vampires who have come out the woods and they want to drink. <laughs> are you going to give it to them? What, when is the next one? Oh God! Um, I just—I think I'm going to get some sleep and a bit of rest, and um, reconvene my thoughts as a little to just feel that what is the next best step. I think our priority is to just create, just create a space, um, create a container for us to explore things in a new way and to create a theatrical culture that we all want, we all miss, you know, from, from our other homes um, and to give people space to explore those other skills and desires that they have within them. So the next one will be at some point, <laughs> um, but there will be something else soon. I know that, like it's imminent, you know, it's, it's imminent and the, the, you know, the people are knocking on the doors and people are asking for it. Can we always sustain, a, you know, a level of let's get together and, and drop out of our lives for a couple of days and put something on stage? Can we do that on a, on a regular basis? 
it's not impossible, but is it sustainable? Or, and is it more enjoyable to allow a bit of space and maybe do something once every three months? But there is definitely going to be some new projects that are, are, are being created from, from this project itself. And we will do and recreate this project. Um, and I would say, you know, hopefully there'll be one before the summer, before things go crazy. Um, or maybe it's gently after summer. Who knows? It's going to, well, whatever we do, it will be the best way to do it, to, to sort of create space um, so that it's enjoyable. It doesn't become boring. Um, otherwise, we could end up being a bit of a one-trick pony, which I haven't used that phrase in a long time. One-trick pony? God, blimey, love! Oh, I miss London. Um, wow, I went a bit Dick Whittington there. Mm, one-trick pony. I don't think I've ever really said that before. <laughs> It's amazing what a muff in your face can do. <laughs> That's what they all say. <laughs> oh, thank you, my darling. Thank you so much. Honestly, it's um, provided, a, a you know, a, an intricacy of uh, kind of exploration, which I haven't ever experienced and, and quite possibly never will again. But I'm very grateful for the opportunity to have delved deep into the the darkness and um you know rummaged around in those back cupboards and and yeah had a good look at what's in there and <laughs> um <laughs> i'm gonna shut those bloody doors fast shut those doors love no you know what don't listen i'm just gonna say side note to whoever's listening to this don't listen to joe yule she was fabulous and wonderful and stood up there in all of her rawness and her creativity and entertained us highly from start to finish so thank you Thank you, and thank You'll you for... You'll be back. You'll be back. This is my Terminator now. God, I'm... I'm actually quite scared of you now. Yeah. Arnie uh, definitely <laughs> isn't coming back. Um, but thank you so much for, for being on the podcast today and for, um, yeah, all you brought to the table, which was, um, which was big. Oh, thank you, my darling. Thank you so much. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. It's the Reset Rebel. to you every day